Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are speaking with soul and business mentor, Echo Summerhill. Echo is a multi-dimensional guide here on a mission to help raise the consciousness of the planet and usher in the new earth one soul at a time. She's the creatrix of Soul Up and the Soul Up Movement, which is an international spiritual awakening and group coaching community where she guides women on their healing path to true mind, body, soul, and business alignment. We have such a beautiful conversation that I really believe more women, men and women, but more women really need to be a part of to understand the difference between divine feminine, divine masculine, what this looks like healed and unhealed, how it shows up in our life and in our business when we don't do the work to heal ourselves and heal ourselves from the traumas that we have come through. Echo is a master at guiding women through unblocking limiting beliefs and helping them activate their superpowers and magic so that they can elevate their lives and businesses to new heights of expansion. She is here as a guide, mentor, and alchemist for all those drawn to her bright and fierce light. Echo has an incredibly powerful story that she shares with us today, and it really helps to show how you can shift and move the needle in your life and get to a space of healing that hustle mindset, that hustle culture. And she dives into like the initiation of power through pain, which is really what we are talking about today. This is such a beautiful episode. Welcome to the show today, Echo. It's so nice to actually have you here and get to meet you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here with you. Yeah, we just started our conversation in this back end and I loved it. There's so many different pieces and parts of your story. Before we start, where are you from? I am from Texas. Yes, nice. <laughs> I'm a Texas girl. <laughs> have you always lived in Texas? I have. I lived in California for two years um, back in 2010, but I'm native Texan, born and raised, lived here most of my life. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And what is something about what you do today that lights you up so much? I would love to know oh. the work that you do today. Like what lights you up so much? What lights me up the most and is currently the most intense work of my life and the most beautiful work of my life is really helping women heal the hustle and reclaim their power and sovereignty. Mm. And doing that, I believe, helps raise the consciousness of the entire planet. I I couldn't agree more. And I love this whole piece of healing the hustle because it's this fine line that you have to be willing to work hard for what you want, 
Hmm? Where does the line fall between having to work hard for what you want and the hustle? Yeah, I love that. So I'm actually writing a book called Hilda Hustle because this is so important to me and it's my life story, right? So for me, um, to clarify the hustle energy, I, I define as the push, pull, force, drag energy to achieve an outcome. Mm -hmm. And so I truly believe that happens when we are focused on the external world and what we should be doing or, or what success looks like to other people and how to get there one, two, three. And when we really come back to our own power and sovereignty, our own truth and what we actually desire in the world, we can then, it doesn't mean we don't work hard and we don't put effort in to um, our passion and our mission and the impact we want to create, but it's the aligned action that we take. And it's the, it does feel, you know, it goes back to that cliche and I love cliches, but it's like, when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. That's the energy that I like to to play in. And it, it goes back for me to that soul connection. Okay. What do I truly desire and how do I desire to get this out into the world versus what Google or this person's doing over here that's a millionaire and does all this. It's like, well, how do I want to do it? How, how do I connect to my sovereignty, my truth, and what feels best to me to make this happen? And it doesn't mean we don't do things we don't necessarily like sometimes, right? Like email sequences or something that some of it, you know, whatever it is, but, but you get to do it from a place of like knowing exactly what you're doing and the greater, the greater purpose for it. But for so many years, I forced things. I, you know, I, I made, you know, fit the square peg in the round hole, just trying to make it work and it worked, right? That's the thing. Hustle works, mm -hmm. but, but it's at the expense of your well being because it always, I'd say this, I will always say this 100% hustle will always lead to some form of burnout, exhaustion, or overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And it, and it can take a big toll on you. So when we can get into alignment with our higher selves and, and our true purpose, then, then it flows and you're doing something that you really love and it doesn't have to lead to overwhelm, burnout, and exhaustion. Yeah. That's so bang on. That is so true. And obviously then if hustle has been a part of your language, your life for so long, how did that start? Like, where did that come from? Yeah. So grew up, um, small town, Texas and grew up in a house of addiction and, and alcoholism and which led to a lot of neglect, which then led to, um, you know, being sexually abused for most of my younger years. Um, and then, which then in turn turns you into a shell of yourself, even at a young age from four to nine was when the first instances occurred. And um, it makes you kind of turn into the tough girl. Like, you know, I always say I raised myself um, and I'm it's fortunate and unfortunate, but I raised myself. And so I, I learned to be super independent from a very young age. I learned to do things that, um, that wouldn't get me in trouble or wouldn't get me, you know, pushing the limit too much here or there. Right. And so I became very independent, the tough girl. And then that led into, you know, being assaulted again at 14 and 27. And that didn't lead into it, but you know what I mean? And so I've had all this, this survival techniques to survive. And I knew there was, I had this innate knowing that there was always something more. I knew there was always more for me. And and I thank God for that every day because there was always this desire for more, for a different life, to be better, to to have all this. But what that ended up forming into was this hustle energy, right? Because I was like always in survival growing up. And even when I started to make a lot of money in my businesses and 
I was still in survival. Like the money, I thought the money and the success and all this stuff would cure me. Right. I was like, oh, it'll cure me. It'll make, that's what the the answer is. Right. I think we're programmed that I do think we, we hear that message. And I did hear you on a podcast share how, you know, you had a lot of success with a network marketing company and I love network marketing companies. I think it's fantastic. And I know that there's definitely an inherent hustle push mentality that happens there. So was that part of the eye opening for you is getting to a point of going, okay, now I have created money, but wait, it hasn't solved. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's a huge part of my story. So 12 years ago, I actually became a life coach and a transformational coach. And I loved that because I've always been good at helping people because Mm -hmm. it, got me validation. It got me love. It made me feel worthy. Right. So I initially got into the coaching and mentorship space for that. And then about eight years ago, I found this network marketing company and dove head first, actually loved the products. And I actually ran my team in a way that I thought wasn't hustle because we weren't doing your typical pushy, salesy network marketing stuff, but I was still working myself to death and then teaching my team to do the same. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until five years ago when I woke up, we were the top rank in the company. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, all the money, all the, whatever, all the achievements. And I looked around and I was like, I am the unhappiest and unhealthiest I've ever been at 33 years old. I woke up one day and I was, it was the same around the same time I was diagnosed with neurological Lyme disease I realized that I had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, all of these things. And I was like, wow, this is like that money in the bank means nothing to me. Like I'm not me, like I'm a shell of a person. Mm -hmm. So that was one of my big turning points that I was like, this has to change. I can't keep, I'm literally killing myself, Mm -hmm. literally killing myself. So that's when everything kind of like burst wide open for me five years ago. And I had my first big awakening um, to what I was truly here to do and who I was truly here to be. Thank you for sharing that. So honest and vulnerably, because I know that will resonate with someone as you yeah. are sitting at that space at 33 and you're looking going, okay, I've had all of this success. I am the most unhealthiest, unhappiest version of myself. I feel like a shell. What does Echo do next to create change? Yeah. So with this big awakening, I dove headfirst into my spiritual journey. I dove headfirst into um, my energy work and mentors and just really diving inward. And for so long, I lived looking outward. What did the world want me to be? Who was I supposed to be? What was success look like? And I really went through this audit and redefinition of who who I am. And I started to evaluate how I was living my life, who I was living my life for, and really started to just dissect those pieces and to uncover, if you will, what I truly desired and what I truly wanted to show up as. And that's when my mission started to reveal itself. But it was 
it was, a, it's been a process, you know, it's been five years since that moment and I'm the happiest and the healthiest I've ever been. You know, I'm almost five years sober. I don't have neurological Lyme disease anymore, like all of these things, but it's been a journey and it's a continuous journey for me. And, and I did, and my life is dedicated to this path of power and sovereignty for who I am. The best thing that I did was looked at my life and go, okay, what is me? Mm-hmm. And what is everything else? Or what are all these projections that I'm being told should be me? And I, I just started to sit with myself and I started to meditate and I started to work with mentors and healers. And um, a lot of it was looking back. A lot of it was healing from the trauma that I had experienced that I thought that the tough girl could just bury you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just, I'm good. Like on the outside world, everybody thought I was good. Right. Everybody's like, everybody, Echo's got the best life. Uh, and I was like, I'm dying. And so, <laughs> you know, and, and so it's like, I started to heal my trauma and just really face what was in the underbelly of my life. And, and once you bring some of that darkness and those low frequencies to the light, they have no other choice, but then to be healed when they're faced like that. Mm, what a great way to say it. When you bring the darkness up to the light, then yeah. they can be healed. I think that like, I know I wrote my book in 2017 and when I did, so I actually went through a life dive. I went through like, what, what have I come through? What stories? And, and in it, it, it was painful. Like, I'm not gonna say it was very painful. And as you start to look at it, it's like, holy shit, I keep repeating the same stuff over mm. and over. And that's the awareness, right? We need the awareness without the shame and the judgment. Like we don't need to criticize ourselves more because we've already done it. But that piece, when you can start to see that, wow, like I've repeated this pattern over and over and over. And I am the only one that can change that. 100%. You got to disrupt the pattern. And I take my clients through something like that called a life resume, right? And they look at everything on both perspectives, the perspective yep. of what karmic cycles do I need to clear up that I keep repeating over and over and over again. And also look at all that I've overcome mm-hmm. and like then extracting lessons through that. And then, so again, you don't repeat those. You don't have to keep repeating those cycles because you've already got the lesson. Now it's time to integrate and embody it. You know? Mm-hmm. No, I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. The one thing you said earlier was really having this conversation with yourself of like, what do I desire? Is this the life that I desire? Is this how I choose to live my life? And then you talked about like diving inward, how you have to dive inward to be able to understand. So if a person is listening to this and this happens a lot, because I will say to clients, like what brings you joy? What lights you up? What do you desire? And literally it's this like deer in headlights look of, I, I don't know. And I think because we're so it's in our face. I don't want to say condition, but it's in our face of what we see others achieving and creating. As you talked about like external validation, looking outside of ourselves that we don't spend a lot of time looking inward. So how do we actually, like, is there any kind of actionable steps for somebody listening to say like, what is it that you desire when you dive inward? What are you looking for? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the best things that, that I guide people through, and it's the most simple thing, but there's a reason that (laughs) nobody, (laughs) very few people actually face it. It's getting comfortable in the silence with yourself. We, you know, a big part of the hustle, a big part of the grind, a big part of the external living for everyone else and everything else and societal programming is we don't spend enough time 
actually just in silence with ourselves. And it doesn't even have to be meditation, but sitting down and setting a timer for 10 minutes and like writing and not even consciously writing, but like letting your, your spirit, if you will, like just write out like who you are, like, who am I? Like, that's a great question. Who am I? What do I desire? But getting comfortable in the silence. And a lot of people don't like to sit in the silence because they actually have to face the truth Mm -hmm. of like, what if, what if you sit down in the beginning of your journey and you sit down like I did and you sit down and you go, who am I? And what do I want? And nothing comes to you. That's scary. Or, or the shame and the guilt of comes through of like, well, I don't know. Cause I've always lived for everybody else and everything else. And it's like, okay, sit with that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Like you're not, don't beat yourself up, sit with it. But a lot of people will feel that. And then they just done. I can't, I'm going to go help somebody else, you know? And so it's like, we've got to learn to sit in the silence. So silence, 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 practicing that meditation, journaling, again, simple questions like who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do I desire to be? What do I desire in the world? And then another big question that I asked myself in the beginning, and I still ask myself very often in my journaling practices or in my silence practices or meditation is like, if I could create the ideal day Mm -hmm. and the ideal week, the ideal month, the ideal life, what would that look like? And you have to get real with yourself because our, our higher selves know when we're bullshitting and like, you can't just be like, well, I just want to, you know, the first thing that comes out of your mind is I just want to build, you know, schools in Africa for other people. And it's like, okay, I get that. Like, I actually do that. So I get it. But that's not the first thing that came to my mind five years ago when I was healing from this, you know, it's like the, the one that wants to be loved and adored and valued by outside life what would say something like that. But what do you desire? Would it be a slow morning? Would it be more play with your kids, more time with your spouse, like more time in community? Like, would it be like a spa spa day every week? Like what would those desires look like for you? And actually being okay, sitting with those without the guilt of like, well, I got to do this for everybody else. You know, no, what do you desire for your life to be? And those are the kind of questions that a lot of people will not even sit with themselves because again, they get shame if it's like, they don't know. Mm -hmm. And then they think, well, I'm selfish if I'm focused on myself and this journey of this, this healing, the hustle, if you will, and this like power and sovereignty activation is not selfish because when we're focused solely on ourselves in the beginning, or like it's the priority in our life, then we're going to be the best version of ourselves for everyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, so it takes this deep reprogramming, but for me, the silence and actually asking yourself the questions and not letting the external projections, like tell you what you should be saying and sitting with that. That's one of the most powerful things you can do. It sounds simple, but yet a lot of people won't even do it. But and and you just nailed that there is that a lot of people won't do it because it's they don't we're looking for this like what's the fix like yeah. what's the fix right what's the one thing and as you're saying you know sit in silence I couldn't agree more it's like there are times I catch myself I'm like holy overstimulation Marsha yeah. like, you have got to unplug from mm-hmm. from stuff and it's so it's kind of a a, a secret kind of like a what's the word it's 
there's this piece that comes in. It's like, you don't even realizing it's surfacing, but all of a sudden you're like after this stimulation over and over and over and it's sneaky, right? It's really sneaky. And then all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, like, what am I doing? So Mm -hmm. even little things, right, with your phone and learning to like setting it on times, my poor husband and I, one thing it's like when his notifications go off, I'm like, turn them off. Like I did that to my husband last night. I was like, put your phone on sleep, please. I can't. I can't. can't. It's like, literally, I'm like, I make a living from this and my notifications are all off. Turn them off because it's a nerve for me that doesn't feel good. Like it doesn't feel good at all. And I'm aware of that. So it's like knowing, I think being clear on where are you, you're, you're not being your best source of support. Like, where are you not helping yourself create that change and recognizing what isn't working? So those are, I love those tips that you shared. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also you with the phone thing. That's so important too, because when you are so addicted to the external world and the external validation and your worth is in what you think other people think about you or tell you or, or the dollar amount or whatever it is doing like what I call energy leaks, like the phone, like you said, it's like, let's, let's set ourselves up for success. One of the biggest things that I teach it for these, for people coming into this hill, the hustle journey early on is like, don't grab your phone first thing in the morning, like call all of your power back to you from your night's sleep, like be in the moment. Don't put yourself into the vortex in this portal right away because you're instantly in fight or flight. When you pick up that phone and you open your email, you open Instagram, you have some, it's like you're instantly charged And you're instantly in reactive mode. And a lot of this journey that I'm on is about being proactive and in responding mode, not reactive mode. And when you grab that phone and you go to Instagram and then you see a a post that triggers you or you get an email where it's like you got to handle five things. It's like you're instantly in that whoosh energy Mm -hmm. instead of you actually being proactive and responding in a time that is, is important to you. And the mornings are so sacred and how we, how we start our day and the energy we start our day and it sets the tone for the entire day. So if you're instantly in fight, flight, appease, just, you know, dissociate whatever energy you're going to, that's how your day is going to feel. And when you're rushing around, you know, I say this to my clients, I'm like, you know, when you wake up late and that feeling and you're running through the house and you're tripping over shoes and, you know, like you can't find your, you know, for me, it's like, you can't find your son's other one shoe or whatever. That energy is like, da, 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 da. and then you get in your car and you're racing and then you run a stop sign and then you get pulled over. And if you would have just been like, okay, I'm late. Cool. This is not going to be fun. Cause I hate being late but I'm going to do this with grace and ease and like clear mind because I'll actually get there faster if I'm in peace and I have conscious clarity versus this chaotic running around where I get pulled over. I'm tripping over. It's like, that's how a lot of people run their businesses though, too, you know, and their lives and their really, it's like constant, da, da, da. but if you would just freaking slow down <laughs> and get conscious and get intentional and take a deep breath and like, come to that space, you'd get so much more done and you would get there faster and you do, you know, but it's like, we think that busy and chaos actually yields results and it doesn't, it does, but it's at the expense of you. I, yes. Thank you for saying that because it's becomes this badge of honor, but then all of a sudden we recognize that it's not working. And Mm -hmm. I, I love how you shared that because what people don't always see is like, 
you are always your business. So how you carry yourself is going to carry into your relationships, your health, your business, all these pieces. And I think it's also like getting curious about what works for you. And we're all in different seasons at times, right? So what works, I've made a playlist on YouTube and it sounds silly, but it plays on repeat. I turn it on, put my phone away. It's in my headphone as I'm getting water, getting my drink, and it will just play until I can feel a shift in my energy. Because subconsciously, right, the morning and the night is our most powerful time for our subconscious mind. And I literally, sometimes it's five minutes. I feel great. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. Not going to lie. Sometimes it takes that long. And as soon as I feel like that, I'm like, okay, now we're good. Like now I'm feeling good. This is because if we wake up with the, oh my God, I have all these things that I didn't get done or I have all these things I have to do. We're always bringing that energy of the past with us, right? It's always coming with us and we're not focusing on going forward. So how did you build a better relationship with all of the trauma in your past stories? Mm, That's such a good question. You know, again, dove into the spiritual work and and what I call alchemy and and really, like, like I said, bringing that darkness to the surface so the light can heal. And a lot of it for me was discovering, and this is going to sound completely wild, but this is just how my brain has worked, but really looking at, say, my abusers and really finding true, and this is not easy, but over the years, this is what I've done, finding true compassion and seeing the humanity in their journey. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of my my own healing, because when I look at my abusers and even like, and it wasn't my parents, but even looking at my parents and how they played a role in the neglect and abandonment and, you know, their own addictions and stuff like that. It's like, seeing the humanity and compassion for that was a big piece of like, I truly believe, and this is hard for people to hear sometimes, especially if the wounds are fresh, but I truly believe that we're all doing the best that we can. And, and with what we know mm-hmm. in, in that moment, and that's hard for people to believe when it's like, well, they abused you. They did this, they did that. Like, and I, I get that. And it doesn't mean that it wasn't awful and painful and traumatizing, but one of my biggest epiphanies that I've had is like, that must be a really crappy place to live. Right. Like that's a, that's not easy either. And so that was a huge, huge piece of that for me, but my healing journey is still ongoing. You know, I I'm 38 now and I know it's a lifelong journey, but the more grace that I have for myself and knowing that it doesn't, it's not going to be just a, a one quick fix, but it's, it's a journey through the compassion and also the gratitude, because I always say, and I spoke on a stage a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, and I said, you know, I was talking about this initiation of power through pain. And I said, I would not be the woman I am today without every second before this second. And everything I've been through has taught me something and has truly gifted me with lessons that I would otherwise not have to be able to help more women in the world. And so it's, it's about really seeing from the Eagle's eye view of the full scope of, of the life's mission in this lifetime. And so it it's been a journey. It's still a journey, but it's continually not running away from looking at anything. And I know we had talked about this earlier 
previously, but it's like not hanging out in that either. You know, I do a lot of past life work with my clients. And one of the things that I say before we dive into past lives, I go, look, I'm mentioning this so that we can clear some of these karmic cycles. So we can talk about this and see how this is all intertwined, but we're not going to hang out there because it, whether it was this lifetime or, you know, or this life, you know, it's like, it does like, that's the past. What it's, what was, Mm -hmm. and you get to create what is and what will be. And that's the most important thing is to see the big picture and go, okay, yeah, that happened. But I can't dwell in that. I can't hang out that we can't stay in that victim consciousness because we're not meant to, we're meant to heal. We're meant to move forward. We're meant to, you know, evolve and integrate the big lessons so that, like you said earlier, we don't keep repeating karmic cycles so that it doesn't keep happening. And we look back in 90 years and go, oh crap, I just did that my whole life. (laughs) I wasted a whole lot of years doing a whole lot of years. And then also with the trauma, like looking at those lessons and really taking them to heart and go, okay, like what I, I learned compassion through this, or I learned that I'm stronger than I thought I was. I learned that I can get through anything, I whatever it is, and then see how you can weave those lessons into creating a bigger, better life, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, because I know that that's a trigger when people hear stories like yours, or there was, you know, really challenging experiences becomes this piece of, so you expect me to forgive them. Right. And it's, it's funny because if you listen really closely to what Echo said, she never, that that's not necessarily the words. It's like, how can you best support yourself and recognize like when we are in that space of the anger and the victim consciousness and living in that space, we are the ones carrying all the emotions. We're the ones carrying all of these pieces and it's not helping us, right? It actually, I'd say keeps us stuck in that victim phase and doesn't allow us to change and go through. And exactly in the sense that we wouldn't be who we are today without walking through every single one of those situations, even though they were challenging. Yeah. And something a mentor told me once that was so impactful was uh, in regards to my past and and my abusers and all that was gratitude is forgiving. So it's forgiving and then it's forgiving. And so when we can see the lessons gifts, we have gratitude for it. So gratitude is forgiving. And I have forgiven me personally. I have forgiven all of my abusers because I have so much gratitude for the lessons and I have so much gratitude for who I am today. And like you said, again, cliche, like forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for you because you're whole, if you're holding on to that anger and hate, those are low frequencies that are harming you. They're not harming them. I can promise you that, right? Think of it's, it just, that's not how it works. And so it doesn't mean that you forget and it doesn't mean that you accept or that you approve. It just means that that gratitude is forgiving because it's, that's what heals you. And that's what you need more than anything. You don't have to, you don't have to call somebody and say, I forgive you. It's like, they, they have their own work to do. That's not on you to rescue them or to make them feel better. It's like, you have to take care of yourself. Yes. And when you do that, that allows you to step into the work that you're here to do more fully, more like, yeah, all in. So what is, what's the work that you get to do today? (sighs) 
So much. <laughs> so I actually run an international spiritual ascension vortex where I help women reclaim and come home to their power and sovereignty so that they can find that mind, body, soul, and business alignment. And really a lot of that is the spiritual work. It's we dive into everything, but my, my passion is, is that community. But also I really love my work with, I help high achieving women heal the hustle so that they can build sustainable success. So that, cause a lot of the women in my world are that high achieving avatar where they come in and they're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm like, help me do this. And people come to me and I'm like, yes, I'm an intuitive business mentor, but you're coming to me to learn to make a million dollars. We can get there, but we have to do all of the underbelly work because you're not going to achieve sustainable success. You're not going to achieve a healthy, loving relationship with your spouse or your kids or your family or your community if all of this stuff is brewing underneath. And so many people, like we know, want the quick fix. Like you said, they want step one, two, three. Cool. Well, I could give you that, but you'd be miserable. You would be miserable. And so when we tap back into our power and sovereignty and learn what we desire, who we truly are, and then heal all of that stuff that's just hanging out that we that we think that we're tough enough just to bury and you just keep sweeping everything underneath the rug and you look over and you've got like a huge mound of dirt over there. You can't ignore it anymore. So I help women vacuum that shit out Good. Clean it up so that they can achieve, like I said, the sustainable success and not just success in business. You know, I do a lot of conscious work with couples and parents and conscious parenting. Cause I think that I know that for me, my work is the whole picture Right. And so, yes, women come to me for business mentorship, but we, we focus on the whole picture because if your, your marriage is going to shit or you, you're having a terrible relationship with your kids, or you don't have any friends or your health, like, what is the point of all the money? If you can't actually enjoy your life and like, enjoy the riches, like you've got to find that what I call peaceful prosperity so that everything is in harmony. I don't believe in balance where like everything's hundred percent all the time. But I believe that there can be this beautiful harmony flowing through every aspect of your life. And to me, that's what's important because I became a millionaire and I was terribly unhappy and unhealthy and killing myself. And I didn't give two shits about the money in the bank. Right. So we've got to get to a place. And I, I feel this is really happening with the divine feminine on the planet is coming in into surface where we do create more of a harmonic business structure, a har- harmony in our relationships that we prioritize ourselves and it's not selfish. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of the work that I do with the women of the world. It's my passion. It's what I thrive on. <laughs> that, is, that is beautiful. And I so resonate with it because I mean, I believe, I agree. I think we're in this space right now, especially even if you happen to see some of the things that are happening in the world, like yeah. the, the true divine feminine is actually being challenged and it's being oh. challenged in, I challenge is probably an understatement, but it's being challenged and, and it, it's requiring more and more of us. I, I watched, um, I listened to Sahara Rose, her podcast yeah, and she had a recent episode and she's like, just please understand that if we are going to actually challenge squash and try and eliminate femininity, that we lose it from everyone. Men will lose their, their feminist. And we all have that, right? We all have both this dual energy, both. Yeah. And I thought, what a great way to say that and how important that is because 
feminine energy, I would love it if you would just give your experience expertise on what is like the divine feminine, what is the divine masculine? Yeah. Yeah. I love this. So I do a lot of work with this because, you know, I function and I know you probably did too, a lot in that wounded masculine, the control, the pressure, the forcing, pushing, pulling, the tough girl, the, all the things, right. So, and that's a lot of what's running our, our planet right now is the wounded masculine energy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as this divine feminine energy rises, the divine feminine to me is the, the graceful, the peaceful, but super powerful, but more from the wise sage perspective, right? The, the knowingness, the, the wisdom, the deep anchoredness in knowing the truth of who she is and who the world is. And, and really it's the grace is what I say. I call it the priestess path is what I do a lot of work with, with the high priestess energy but it's, it's like this powerful presence of knowing and wisdom. And, and it is like the heart centered work. It is the compassion. It is the love. It is the aligned action, but from a place of just like the grace and the power and the sovereignty and the divine masculine always say, we don't need to rid the planet of anything. It's like, we need to harmonize both energies. Mm -hmm. And so as I help the women heal from the wounded masculine and heal from that hustle and come in, we want to harmonize the both. I love the divine masculine. The divine masculine is the structure is the support is the foundation is the rock. You know, it's like, we need, we need that in our businesses, in our life, in our relationships, my husband, his, his, his business and his brain is the aligned alpha. And it's about wow. the divine masculine being in connection with their emotional intelligence, that feminine energy, right? That, that heart centered, it's like people think alpha and it's like, no, the aligned alpha is, is aligned with the divine feminine is, is yes, the alpha that could go and kick somebody's ass if they needed to. Right. But it's like, oh, but I can, I can also cry and hold my wife or have deep compassionate conversations and communication and all this stuff. So it's about harmonizing these two energies to live that whole life. It's about having the heart centered. It's also about being strong and stable and that structure and foundation in your business and your life, whatever it is. And harmonizing those twos is what's going to heal the world if we ever get there. Right. But I definitely think the divine feminine is being challenged. I think that I think all of us are being challenged so much, but I also know there's this huge call for the divine feminine to rise. But in that, um, like you said, I also think that some people are taking it in a way that's like, you know, the divine feminine is everything. And it's like, no, we need, we need both. We need to harmonize both. And then, then it will, we'll have a big breath of fresh air. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah. I love this harmonizing both. I think that that's, um, that's something that I can say personally that I walk through every day. And as we were speaking before, like it's a slippery slope. Like how do you catch yourself when, you know, our subconscious patterns are like really fiery masculine side that kept us alive. That fighter is mm -hmm. who we relied on for a long time. Yeah. And so sliding into the slope of our old patterns is is unconscious work. Like we don't even realize we're doing it. And then right. all of a sudden we find ourselves there and it's like, wait, how the hell did I get here? Like what happened again? So I'm just curious, what do you do or how do you recognize it in yourself when that pattern shows up? 
Yeah, no, I love that. So for me, it was like the control frequencies, right? Like I was, I had to control everything. I had to be in charge of everything. I had to make sure because nobody could do it like me, blah, 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 blah. So it is like this reprogramming, right? And so for me in particular, let's say in my marriage, you know, I'm married to a very alpha man, but for a long time, he kind of just stood in the background. He and he, because I controlled everything, I took care of everything. I just did it without even, it wasn't even a conversation. It was just kind of like, I do everything right. And, and he is so willing, but he just, he got programmed to me doing everything. So he took a step back. So we just had some really big conversations around when I was stepping into this deeper work five years ago, I was like, you know, I'm stepping into this and I really, and you know, this goes back to, again, side note to a lot of inner child work, right? A lot of inner healing the inner child and reminding little echo that you're safe and that you don't have to, you know, be in charge of everything. You don't have to protect, you know, all this stuff, but it, it was a lot of deep conversations. And for me, it was the biggest piece of my whole journey is my priority is intentionality and staying conscious because when I'm intentional, when I'm moving with grace knees, when I'm moving slower, right? Mm-hmm. I, I witness more. And so I can catch myself if I'm being too overbearing, or if I'm trying to control something, or if I'm doing a lot because I'm the divine feminine, she asks for support. She asks for help and the wounded, wounded masculine and wounded feminine, like we got it. No, the wounded feminine's like, no, I don't want to be a burden. And the wounded masculine's like, I've got it myself, you know? And so, but the divine feminine, she ask for support. So when I'm in that intentional space, when I'm very conscious, I can witness, okay, I'm like overdoing it right now. And there's a lot of this stuff. My husband and I are both entrepreneurs. So we work for ourselves. He stepped down after 14 years in the fire department Mm. last year. So we both work from home and I was like, okay, no, if I catch myself, I'm like, okay, babe, can you help me with this this week? Or can you help me with this? I'm noticing I'm like overdoing it. And we also have a relationship to where I ask him, like if he feels that I'm faltering into the wounded masculine at all, just to nicely tell me, Hey babe, I've got this, or let me help you with this, or let's talk about this because I love nothing more than being in my divine feminine and feeling supported by my divine masculine counterpart. And then in my business, of course, like I, I harmonize both, right? Like I have the divine masculine structure and strategy and all this stuff, but the feminine is the creative juices, the inspiration, the power, like wisdom, all of this. But to me, the biggest tip is again, going back to the silence work, but just getting intentional, slowing down. And it seems so counterproductive to what we're used to as go, 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 go. Like you said earlier, it's a badge of honor to be busy, but I can promise you if you're listening to this and you're busy and you're working 16, 18 hours a day and you sit down at the end of the day and you go, what did I really accomplish for this bigger picture? And honestly, half the time it's this, you know, like, Scroll, it's, scroll. Yeah. We think we're busy and it's like, what are you really busy with? Like, and so we, there's this book called, I think it's called do less and it's by Kate Northrup and it's, and it, she talks about the four hour day and how our brains actually have like four hours of peak performance. And in those four hours, we can get just as much done if we were doing eight hours of work, if we're super intentional. And so getting really intentional and slowing down to even be able to, this journey is about being conscious. It's about catching yourself because we are, are the hardest people to lead is ourselves. 
And so again, it goes back to your soul knows when you're bullshitting yourself. Do you really want the change? Do you really want it? Because if you do, you'll get conscious, you'll get intentional, you'll slow down so that you can catch yourself and course correct. But if, if you're not there yet, that, you know, that's where you got to go back and start getting clear with yourself, get, get quiet with yourself and start doing the healing work, you know, to really want it. You've got to really want the, the change from the hustle. Mm, thank you for sharing all of that. And I love this piece. What what's hitting in my head is that it's always a dance, right? It's not a, it's not a, oh, I figured it out. I'm never going back there again. It's, it's recognizing. I try and call like, I, I've been saying lately, it's like, we're become this like master pattern interrupter, like a ninja. It's like, whoa, 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 wrong way, wrong way. Like red lights beaming going, nope, not this way. Let's change directions and, you know, have a little bit of fun with it as opposed to judge ourselves and be critical. And I just, I, there are times I laugh and I'm like, wow, Marcia, that took all of two minutes for you to go the other way. Like, like look at how fast it happens. Yeah. And that grace and that non-judgment, that compassion for yourself, like that's huge. We can't, the judging just keeps us down in those low frequencies anyways, but yeah, catching yourself, having fun with it and, and just course correcting, like you get to, you get to change at any moment. You get to write your story how you want. Don't again, when we judge, we're focused on what was. And so if we can focus on what we desired, we can move forward and be like, okay, that was five minutes ago. And that wasn't cool. Okay. Let's fix this. You know, let's move forward. Yeah. That's, that's such a great way to say it. So when we judge, we're focusing on what was. And the second part that you said, I just want to re, I want to reiterate that again. We're focused on what, well, I don't remember what I said. What did I say? <laughs> I know, right. It happened. It's like, sorry. I have an open head in human design. If like, you know human design, my brain's like, Oh, that's, Oh, now it's gone. Um, yeah. You know, it's gone. I think I'm an open head too. Yeah. It happens. It happens. It was still good. Anyways, it doesn't matter. When you judge, we're focusing on what was. That's not focusing on where we're going. I, I right. just and you get to create where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love that. Um, as we get close to wrapping up here, I want to, there's a couple quick things I want to cover. I've heard you talk about um, a lot about like that relationship with pain and understanding, you know, what that pain has been there for you, how it's been a catalyst and how it is, you know, really lit your soul for what you're doing. So you've said so many incredible things. I want you to speak to the person who is listening, who is saying, but I've had so much pain. You don't know my story. I can't look at it differently. If there's anything else that pops up for you, I would love for you to share it. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. The initiation of power through pain. And I I also want to say, everybody's level of pain is different. Like what I've walked through, you know, seven weeks ago, I walked through knowing a little bit of my story for your audience. Like y'all heard a little bit in the beginning, trauma, all the things seven weeks ago, I walked through the most painful time of my life. The most painful thing in my life happened seven weeks ago. And I literally thought at one point, and this is, this is what I cried out at one point as I was crying and sobbing. And I was like, why me? Mm-hmm. And my soul loud and clear said, why not you, mm-hmm. you are here to do big magical things in the world. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to hold the duality of those big magical things. You've got to know with the pain to know the scope of your power. Mm-hmm. 
And that was such a pivotal turning point for me because I had healed so much pain in my life. I honestly, the last year or so was like, life is good. Everything's great. And then this happened and I was shook to the core. And I thought, how would I ever get, get over this? How will I ever survive this? And when I realized, and again, the intentionality, the conscious and step back and go, okay, what am I here for? And so if you're in pain or you can't reframe, that's where it goes back to the core of healing. You've got to start, start the healing journey and you don't have to see it with eyes of love right now. You don't have to see it with grace right now. And don't, and again, goes back to not judging yourself for not seeing it the way that I see it now. There were 33 years where I didn't see it the way that I see it now. It took me five years and continuous journey to get to where I am now when, how I can see this 33 years, you know, five years ago, you'd have asked me and I was like, F all of y'all, right? Yep. No, I could never forgive that. No, like, uh uh-uh, but it's a journey. And so if you do desire though, to turn that pain into power, you start your journey, you get a mentor that can support you, you get a healer that can support you. You start to sit with yourself and ask yourself the questions. Don't make it about those people. Mm-hmm. Don't make it about the people that have hurt you or have caused you pain. Don't focus on them. That comes later. The compassion for my abusers came way after I had compassion for myself. And so that almost is a last step. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at number one, what that pain caused from your, from that point forward, what kind of programming it in, imprinted in you, the struggle, the survival, the tough girl, the independence, the control, the wounded masculine, the wounded feminine, whatever it did for you, mm-hmm. you have to start looking at that and peeling back those layers first and healing that before you can even get to the compassion. And it's okay that you're not at that compassion state. And, and some people never get there and that's okay too. Everybody's here to feel and experience what they're meant to feel and experience. But I have a lot of people ask me, do you believe that you have to go through big things in life to be really successful? And I used to say, no, I used to say, and no, like you can, you can kind of like, you know, you don't have to go through big things. And now my, my answer is yeah. And it doesn't, and again, every level, everybody's level of pain threshold trauma is different. It could just be that you got made fun of in school. Mm-hmm. It could be that you got made fun of last week, It could, whatever it is, everybody's level. But I do believe you have to know how to hold the duality of power. And that is pain, struggle, suffering, whatever it is. And so, because that is what strengthens you, one of my husband and I's mottos is struggles produce strength. And I always say, if you choose for it to, because a lot of people always say I could be a crackhead with 12 kids on the street with my upbringing, but I chose not to. And a lot of people don't have the innate knowingness that I had growing up that I truly believe helped me survive. But the good thing is, is that it can be learned. Mm-hmm. That that knowingness can be cultivated. The knowingness, and that comes back to your own power and sovereignty. It comes back to to learning who you truly are without the world telling you who you should be. Mm, that is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. There was something that you said there that just hit me. And I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say it on the show the way that you did, is the fact that compassion for your abusers comes way after compassion for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's going to hit home for a lot of people because 
the messages that I get, and I get some nasty ones because I talk a lot about vulnerability and sharing and, you know, finding a space to heal and share your story. Like, I think if you aren't in a space that is healed, whatever that is for you, that's not the time to share your story because you're not in a space that is going to keep you in integrity and anyone else. But the way you said it there, I think it's so powerful because I think people think that this healing process starts with having compassion and forgiveness for our abusers, our experience. And that's actually last. Yeah, it is. I truly believe that because you know why it needs to be last. It's the hardest part. Yep. And, but you get to build up, you get to build that with the work you do for yourself, because when you have that internal strength and that internal love for yourself, you're more apt to have it for someone else. And even the worst of the worst people that have you've experienced, it's, it's so important that, and so, but, but with that, a lot of people get hung up on the healing journey because they can't get past that because they think yes. it needs first, right? Like I need to forgive them. No, 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 no. Like get through you, you first. And then that, that actually will be easiest, but it's the hardest part if you're putting it first. But when it's at the end, it's actually, it gets to be easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for sh- for saying that, because I think that's going to hit home for a ton of people. Absolutely. So where can people connect with you, follow you, learn more about you? Yeah. So I'm pretty easy to find on Instagram. It's at echo Summerhill, just my full name and my, my website's the same. I hang out on Instagram. Um, I do have my own podcast soul sessions, but yeah, I'm, I'm mainly on Instagram You can find everything there. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. I did do some binging of your podcast too. Oh. And I love that. I love the soul sessions. I think that it's just if you would have told me this would be the kind of work that I would be doing years ago, that version of me would literally laugh. Yeah. She she would have laughed and went, that's ridiculous. What are you doing? And now I couldn't imagine not doing this kind of work. It's it's so needed and so beautiful. So what what you're doing is incredible. Well, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I'll make sure everything's in the show notes to connect with you. I do have one more question for you. It is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Mm. what lesson in life am I most grateful for? It's got to be I'm repeating, but it's got to be the initiation of power through pain, especially because it's most recent to me again, but it's just, it's, it's knowing that we can extract the gifts and the lessons from even the worst situations. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.